Welcome to this month's episode of the Worried Podcast. I'm Bulwa Titoawe. In this episode, we will be discussing youth empowerment and its impact on society and development. Joining us for this conversation is Uluwa Fumi Arasi, a public health expert who mentors young people on reproductive health and gender-based violence. Her work spans community development, research and evaluation, as well as being a master facilitator and trainer. Ms. Harassier has a first degree in psychology and holds a Master's of Public Health in Population and Reproductive Health Education, both from the University of Ibadan in Nigeria. Hello, Oluwashion Fumi. It's so good to have you on the program today. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. It's nice to be here too. Yes. Thanks for giving us time out of your very busy schedule. Um, we're really glad to have you. So let's get right into it. Can you tell me how did your journey into working with young people begin? And what has been the experience mentoring these young people? You know, what's it been like so far? All right. Thank you once again. Thanks for having me here. And then my my story about working with young people started way back after I finished my first degree. And I just asked myself, what can I do without being paid? And I would enjoy and do it well. And that is research. So in the, in the pursuit of volunteering, doing it without being paid, I went to an organization that was at that time into programming for orphans and vulnerable children. And so although it was directly related with HIV, but beyond HIV, the organization worked with children and adolescents. So that was how I started as a volunteer. And so on a monthly basis, we had like um, an outreach or a, a monthly outreach for children and adolescents who have one connection or the other with HIV, either affected or whose parents are infected or who themselves are infected with HIV. It's more or less a psychosocial meeting, trying to encourage them and They'll have fun, have a good time. And that was how I started working with young people. And honestly, it's been interesting, beautiful. It's, a, it's always a time to, to, to get amused. You know, mm. you laugh, you're shocked, you, <laughs> you have fun, you hear things and you just smile, you know? Mm. Even if you think you had issues, but then you, you, you just get around these people. Honestly, you forget about your issues. So it's beautiful, <laughs> it's interesting wow. to work with young people. Well done. It must be a really, um, it must really be a fulfilling experience, I would say. Um, apart from the initial circle you started in, which is the one you just talked about, I'm sure you've you know, done things across other um, sectors. So what would you say is the most recurring challenge that you've had on working or that you've seen young people have or that young people experience, what would you say is the this most recurring challenge that young people have? Um, okay, it is that phase of adolescence, which um, is about self-discovery. And so just like we have, um, we have many adults who did not go through that stage well. And so it's just a typical thing that at the stage of adolescence, you have different categories, like a spectrum, a broad spectrum of um, children. Some 
who are getting it well, understanding who they are, and they are migrating well into adulthood. Some having a bit of struggle with knowing who they are and what they're evolving into. And then the other one who are not even aware of, I don't know if this is right, who are not aware of being aware of who they are. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, like they don't even know that there's anything about knowing yourself or like they don't think going on. They just, they don't know anything about it and they're not even looking for it and they're just doing their thing in their own way. And so that is a lot with um, young people. And, you know, this has a lot to do with education, awareness, enlightenment, information, getting and acquiring this information, knowing, asking questions. So it's, it's, it's a whole lot. And I would say, in my own opinion, it's very pivotal to self-development and even what we make out of life eventually in adulthood. And so that's one key thing that I think is really recurring. I mean, across socioeconomic classes, across gender, across levels of development, this is just, you, you, you just see it. You, because even, even in, you, just, you see our, our adults who are yet to be fully aware of themselves. So how much more these young people? So this is one thing I, I have observed. Yeah, I can relate to you in that. You see a lot of people talking about it in, you know, recent times, even on social media about oh, self-awareness, becoming aware, you know, and a lot of people are now being more conscious about connecting the issues they are dealing with now to things they have experienced when they were young or, you know, discovering new things about themselves and they are thinking, oh, why didn't I know this when I was much younger? You know, we see that when we go on uh, these, um, would I call it mentorship or empowerment programs for youths, you see mentors uh, ask questions like, okay, so what would you tell your younger self, you know, things like that. So, yeah, I can, can really relate to, to what you just said. And now talking about this uh, awareness, empowerment, you know, for young people, um, I've seen it, these terms being used in a lot of different contexts, you know. Um, I've even seen in, you know, let's call it uh, some circles, maybe like the government, for instance, will so say, oh, they want to empower the young people in their community or the youth in their community, and they're giving them uh, maybe farm implements, or and there was one that was popular one time, they just gave all the people wheelbarrows, and I'm wondering... Mm-hmm. <laughs> What do you going to use that for? You know, but yeah, now talking about being really impactful and, you know, making youths aware and empowering the youths, what would you say is impactful, you know, youth empowerment? What does it really mean? So empowerment is, it's a term used to refer to all the activities, all the efforts, all the input, all the interventions, the investment put into helping people to stand for themselves, by themselves, be independent, be responsible, you know, taking control is actually like taking control. So helping people to be able to take control, to be responsible, to be in charge of themselves and what they make 
out of themselves. That's general term for empowerment. So it comes in different contexts, like you said, actually. So it, the, there is the health, there is the education, there is economic empowerment, there is social, mm-hmm. there is you know, even civil empowerment. So empowerment spans through different contexts. And in all of it, it is about making an individual to be responsible and to take control and be autonomous, actually. Oh, that's very interesting. So, you know, all of these forms, all of these contexts of youth empowerment, I'm sure you've delved into several of them in the course of your mentoring young people. Um, what, what, what visible impact would you say these programs have had in the lives of these um, people who you've mentored? And how does this, you know, influence society does it have any relation is there any correlation between this you know youths having been empowered and you know development within the society does it are there any interrelations yes a lot and i i am thankful um for some of the experience i've had like projects i've been involved in in some organizations and you know at the beginning when we're talking about empowerment you know what strikes is um economic empowerment you know basically and then i got into a project and it was supposed to be economic empowerment but you know we then brought other aspects into it and we brought in health we brought in health in terms of reproductive health and then we, we related it to life skills, which is about the social and individual on, or, the, or, or rather or on social and on individual levels and all to, to fully provide what is needed for a person to be economically sound and viable. So the typical scenario that I would paint is we want to empower a young person economically that's able to make a living, to earn a living, to make a livelihood. And the person is not having good health. Or while the person is trying to acquire either vocational skills or even go to work, probably employability, the person is not um, having a good health, not living well, is falling ill now and then, or even go to the reproductive part of it. And then this young person, whether a, a young man or a young woman, then engages in unprotected sex and finds herself, let me typically, like we typically tilt to the female gender, finds herself having unintended pregnancy. And so that could just put a halt on the economic empowerment itself or the economic activity. And then it could then metamorphosize or break out into different other aspects. So this young lady could be thrown out of the house and so no shelter. This young lady went thrown out of the house is then subjected to other forms of abuse that could even be having weightier impacts or um, weightier yeah, um, ne- negative in- influence impacts or influences you know? yes on 
on, on the course, like mm. the, the main the main focus. In short, we've gone farther and farther from the economic activity or economic yeah. this thing you're doing. And then this person is then taken into probably a shelter if if she finds sh- shelter or help and is even cut off from the family. And so maybe the, the place where the, the young lady finds is very far from where, from the center for this livelihood activity, whether it's a vocational training or a job, so, so, so to say. And eventually, just, the, the young lady just sits down and just watches as the whole thing just crash, crashes down. Oh. And so when you're talking about empowerment and you look at, just, you look at it from just one angle, and you you shut out all the other parts of empowerment, you you would be just be taking it like a pinch mm. and leaving out the bigger aspect of it. So many that gave me an opportunity to see, to appreciate an empowerment that is all encompassing, an empowerment intervention that takes into consideration the other parts, the other aspects, you know, and then eventually we have a wholesome person at the end of the day. So we're talking about um, abuse or gender-based violence, and we think it has nothing to do with having a job or it has nothing to do with workplace. It has nothing to do with, with, with the health. I mean, it's, it, it just be, it just be going around in circles and deceiving ourselves. And so I, I, I know that in whatever, aspect of empowerment we want to do. We need to understand that there are many sides to it. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you want to help somebody. Empowerment is about making the person stand and stand yeah. well. And yeah. so that standing has to do with standing well in health, standing well in education, standing well in, in economic activities, standing well even in social, social aspect of it. Standing well, even in, 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 in the civil behavior, civil and civic, you know, so yeah. civic to the government, civil to in relating with others, so you don't mm-hmm. get into trouble. Mm-hmm. So that's my idea of empowerment. You know, you, you've, said, you've said a lot, and the scenario you've painted makes me see that when I want to think about empowerment or for any empowerment program to be impactful, it shouldn't be done in silos. It should mm-hmm. have an aspect of everything and it should be one who is in one that is aimed at making the person, you know, totally or all round um, empowered, not just maybe standing loans, for instance. Exactly. Yeah, that that one, you know, I'm really happy you delved into the aspect of uh, gender-based violence and all of this. You know, the statistics now shows that like one in four girls and one in six boys would have experienced one form of um, sexual violence before the age of 18. And, you know, what you've said about, you know, are this affecting other areas here at Warwick, we've seen firsthand how this results in a lot of psychological trauma, you know, apart from the physical trauma that we see physically, a lot of things goes on in the mind that these people, you know, survivors grow up with. So this impacts negatively or influences the society negatively. And um, we, we do not want this to continue. We want to try to change this narrative. 
what would you say is one way we can, you know, prevent incidences such as these, you know, from happening, um, thus making the society, you know, safer for the youth or young people? Two basic things I would say. And the first is knowledge, information. These young people do not know. I mean, they don't even know that this is abuse. They don't even know that this can lead to abuse. They don't even know that this abuse can lead to myriads of problems in, it, in, in this present time or in the nearest future. So knowledge is a lot, knowledge. And you know, the, the paradox is we think they know a lot. We think they want to know, but we realize that they don't know what they should know. You know, the basic things that they should know, the basic information about abuse, what, what forms of abuse we have. So, so that like when they know that this is an abuse, they identify it, they can then say no to it or prevent or report it. So knowing is the first, is the first one. Second leg to it is good economic standing, whether male or female, whether boy or girl. And so when you do not have the means to livelihood, especially the to, to meet the basic needs of life, such a person is at risk to abuse. And so I've been involved in seeing how economic empowerment, having a means of livelihood has, has changed the orientation, the voicing of a person and being able to say no to abuse because, okay, is it food? I can feed myself. Okay, is it shelter? I can, I can get a place to stay. I can afford this. You, you know, if we talk about this, this economic funding, we usually easily tend to the female gender. Yeah. My goodness. Not just female, even male, even boys, men. When they, they, they have what they feel they need to make a living and to stand well in a society, their, their vulnerability to abuse reduces. Yeah. And their, the risk of abusing someone else also reduces. So a lot of this thing is about insecurity. Insecurity could be psychological. It could be economic insecurity. So the one that is obvious, the one that is easy to remove is the economic insecurity. Of course, you know, the psychological insecurity is a lot complex and it's mm -hmm. not as easy as it sounds to, to remove. It's not... Mm -hmm. it's not is not what you can, you cannot see it all at once. So you cannot remove it all at once. But the economic insecurity, you can easily, okay, let's even try to address this. When you, when you address economic insecurity, you are indirectly addressing the psychological insecurity because it's all encompassing. You don't have money, you don't have a voice, so they say. Or, or we know we're trying to change the narrative. Yes, you may not have the money, but you can say no. You, you, do you understand? So, yes. so far, I can see that this knowledge and economic empowerment, economic stability is a lot. It's going, it's going a lot to make, 
to reduce, prevent sexual abuse, sexual violence in, in, in all the forms, in all the forms, emotional, physical, sexual, in neglect, in all the forms. Yeah, thanks. This that's that's really insightful. So knowledge, you know, and empowerment. I'm going to take those two points. Thanks a lot. So um what uh, so from all of your experiences, let's get on a high note. Um which one can you give us social one success from the initiatives that you've worked on to empower youths, you know. Um, and why does this stand out for you? What what about this experience stands out for you? I, I will um okay, like you said, there are many because mm -hmm. I'm just sure right, definitely I'm, I'm just right <laughs> in the, the circle of empowerment of yeah. young people, youth empowerment. I'm just right in the middle of it. And mm. so let me okay, one particular one that is striking that is still bubbling because it's, it's still fresh is it, it's a program that has to do with empowering empowering adolescents um, with life skills reproductive health information leadership financial awareness that's financial literacy and then they use some forms of sports to bring this to light and so we, it's it's all it's all it's all about girls okay no apologies for that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no apologies <Yeah. laughs> okay so it's all about girls the girl thing and then so I'll, I'll share one particular success story it's a particular girl we we met she became she, she came into the program when she was in ss wonders secondary school wonders grade nine Seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, so grade ten. She came into the project, and then um, she went through the trainings, the life skills training, all the different um, side, side, side um, attractions and um, peps to the, to the project, like um, going to quiz competition, visiting the bank, and all of that. Having a um, service learning project and all of that. And so she went through it for a year. And then she graduated from secondary school. Okay, let me provide a bit of background to the girl. So she okay. is an orphan. Oh, She's okay. an orphan. Her mother had her out of wedlock as a teenager. Mm. And so she and so she doesn't till 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 now, she doesn't even know her father. So she was living and she was raised by her grandmother mm -hmm. in the village. So her grandmother passed on and then. Her mother, before her grandmother passed on, her mother had gotten married and has settled with her new family, but she's mm -hmm. her grandmother. So after her grandmother passed on, she moved into um, with her uncle in Lagos. Her uncle was single, then was a single man. While she was here with her uncle in Lagos, her uncle got married, they're having children. And of course, they, were, they didn't have so much. Her uncle just mm -hmm. had a, a, a OND and just working with us and just trying to move them to Lagos. And so the girl became part of the program. So when she finished secondary school, she told herself, okay, I think herself and her uncle had the conversation and her uncle said, you know, I cannot afford to put the bill of um, university. And so maybe we just do what I did. I did a part-time program in um, 
the polytechnic here in the mm-hmm. US. So you just do that and then you'll be working on the side to do any of that. Okay, so she agreed. But in the meantime, she left to, to work to just do some things and to even start the process because she knew she wasn't going to be able to afford it. So she came in and came to intern in, <coughs> excuse me, in our office. And mm-hmm. then she just mentioned that it was so alarming. Like, oh my goodness, don't even say it. With all this that you've gone through, how can you say that you just settled for this little? Because you feel mm-hmm. okay, and then she said, okay, she can do it. And she just summoned courage and put together everything and decided, decided to do it. So she was just, she was earning just 10,000 per month. And because, because of the program she had, went, she had gone through, she had learned about savings, how you can reduce your spending by spending on just your needs and not your wants and all of that. And yeah. so she said, save. And from her savings, from, you know, coming, doing the work, she had to pay for transport, her food and all of that. From that mm-hmm. $10,000, she was able to make some savings. And she, she went for jam classes, that's the tutorials she yeah. bought before. With her savings, no, this one, nobody helped her. No external. Mm. Yeah. With her savings, she, she, she got the jam form. She, she went for the tutorials. She, went, she passed the jam. She went for post-GTME. She went to write the post-GTME exam itself. And boom, she got the admission. Oh, of wow. course, she, she couldn't even tell her uncle. Because yes. I would told her and warned her sternly not to even <laughs> try it because he cannot afford it. Yeah. And then she said, okay. So when she now got the admission, she then told her uncle that she got admission and all of that. The uncle was shocked, but also, also worried. So how do you want to go about this? And you know, you know, we had to ginger and encouraging her, don't worry. Just get to the bridge where they mm-hmm. will say, go back home and you don't have school fees and nobody mm-hmm. to help. And they know that you have tried it all. And then yeah. Honestly, as, as beautiful as the story as God wants it to be, mm-hmm. the girl got to, the, the girl got support and oh. got a first year school fees, the acceptance fee, the school fees, the accommodation. She wow. got it all. And that's, she went to school. Gosh, that's And her mother heard about it and she she exploded like no way. She never even thought of it. The girl didn't think of it. The mother didn't think of it. Uncle didn't think of it. But you mm-hmm. know, from my experience, from here and there and here and there and here and there, she was able to put together because she got to know that she can do it. Do it yes. so I, I, I am interested. I think I can't. But really, let me just try. Okay, what yeah. if? What if? And then she got there. As I speak to you, if not because of the ASU strike, because she is now 400 level and it's about wow. ASU. Was just she was just about to start her. She's in her second year. She was just about to wrap up her first semester and then mm-hmm. go to second semester. And semester. This girl well, is almost exactly. I mean, experiences like this are what just keeps us going in this sector, you know. And they are really, they are really empowering. Yeah, yeah sorry to interrupt you. We're about to conclude. The girl, girl now yeah. is more encouraged to even try on something else, you know? We're talking yeah. and she said, you, you could see the confidence, you could see the, the, the way this experience brought a reassurance to her. Yeah. So if she could do this, she can face life again. Yeah. Obviously, this girl will not take no for an answer. This girl mm-hmm. cannot just be, it's, it's going to be hard for somebody to just come and say, hey, keep quiet there. 
and you know yeah. all this abuse it's going to be reduced because she's been empowered she knows she can yeah. see the power of possibilities and positive thinking and okay mm. you can just think you can do it and then it's possible thank you so much Oluwashogunmi for this wonderful experience i think we can end on this high note uh yes it's it's really a good experience that shows that when youths are empowered it could um, impact positively on the society and it will reduce the level of abuse that we see both um, sexual economic emotional in all its forms abuse in all its forms can be reduced when people are self aware when young people are empowered when they are self aware and when they know that they can do what they set out to do Thank you so much for joining us on the program today. It was really great to have you. It's a pleasure having the opportunity to share and to learn and to discuss. Thank you. Too. All right. Take care of yourself and have a good day. Bye. Thank you. Bye.